It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, he's, yeah, he's technically. <laughs> yeah, why do you keep picking at it? Why? Why would this report? How dare you ask a major league baseball player if his job and his annual contribution, where he gets compensated for thirty to forty million a year, is a top priority? How dare he? You keep picking at it. Why would you do that? Unbelievable. What's going on? Welcome. We know baseball. We are back. We know baseball episode 45. First episode of the 2024 season. I could not be more excited. I mentioned it on my other show. We know ball that this show is going to get a little bit more, a little more action, right? A little bit more regular contribution as of course, as always is the case with the calendar. If you look up and you see February, you see the Super Bowl, and then a few weeks go by. Inevitably, it is baseball season. It's going to be pitchers and catchers reporting. It's going to be spring training games starting. It's going to be new faces and new places and new storylines. And so, with all of that comes the increased activity of the We Know Baseball podcast. And this is episode 45, the first episode officially of 2024 and the first episode for the 2024 baseball season. We are going to be talking about all the storylines, all the drama, everything that's gone on so far in literally less than two weeks, a week maybe of spring training action and reporting, including the clip you heard at the beginning of the episode of Anthony Rendon, Angels third baseman who has been questioned on his dedication, his desire, his work ethic when it comes to being uh, a generously compensated professional baseball player. And we'll get into that. We'll get into the Jersey disaster that has gone on with the Fanatics creation slash sponsorship for the new Major League Baseball players jerseys that they're wearing this year. But it's it's not all fanatics. It's like not, fanatics is a branch of Nike who took over the jersey creation. It's a whole ordeal, and it is a disaster. And MLB couldn't be screwing it up more than they already are. So we'll talk about Anthony Rendon. We'll talk about the jerseys, and then in the coming days, weeks, as spring training starts to develop, right? We actually have I think only about four weeks until technically real legitimate baseball games that count for the schedule are being played. And that's specifically between the Padres and the Dodgers. Uh, the Padres and Dodgers play two games in Korea 
I think like the March 21st to the 22nd. And then there's a break in action. Nobody else plays. So it's, it's, those are real games that count for the schedule. It's stupid. It's going to mess up. I think both teams kind of to a degree, but it's real baseball. That means something sooner rather than later. So I guess we can't complain too much, but in the time between then and now in the three to four weeks, we're going to be talking baseball. We're going to be coming on here pretty regularly. I would imagine potentially going to be trying to do two episodes a week. And that may just be for spring training. That may be for the regular season as well. We'll have to wait and see. But ultimately, that's also due to the fact that there are so many things to talk about, discuss, predict before the season actually starts. Things like divisional predictions, things like award predictions, things like World Series predictions, statistical prediction. Like there's a lot of stuff to talk about and cover that I'd like to get into and with that, it's going to come a higher frequency, more content creation, more podcast episodes for specifically We Know Baseball. So I'm glad you're here. Episode 45, kicking off the 2024 baseball season. It's going to be a great year, hopefully all the way around, knocking on wood, hoping and praying for health and safety of everybody involved in the sport of baseball, outside, inside, everybody, right? Of course, health and safety to an extreme end, but as a more niche and specific request, talking about things like injuries and those, right? You got to have perspective. Of course, you know, when a guy has to get Tommy John or a guy has a season ending injury, devastating. It sucks. We don't wish that upon anybody, but got to have perspective in those situations and realize it's a first world problem to a degree. So we don't want anybody to get hurt. We want a great year. We want to have a fun time. We want to talk baseball and make sure as many of the stars on the field stay on the field for as long as they can. And with that, speaking of, well, I was going to go into the Rendon thing and go into the Jersey thing, and we'll get into that just in a minute. But I wanted to quickly talk about baseball specific, and I guess it kind of goes past baseball because we will reference and talk about other sports. Uh, but I just wanted to make sure and emphasize and honestly give credit where it's due because the past couple of weeks we've seen a few different things kind of happen with these other sports super bowl done and gone in football then we had uh as it goes when football's over and baseball hasn't started yet you've got those few week stretches typically in february where it's only hockey and it's only basketball and with those two sports respectively they each kind of host and put on their own all-star weekend all-star mid-season festivities and hockey did it and then basketball does it i think the, the weekend following they don't want to have overlapping uh scheduling stuff right which makes sense but after just partially tuning in to some of the nhl stuff after partially tuning in to the nba stuff um I think it goes without saying at this point, most people would agree, but it's got to be pointed out and credit where credit is due. The only all-star festivities and weekend or collection of days and events that's worth watching for even one millisecond anymore is only the all-star festivities involved with baseball. That's it. Unless you are 
so bored and have I don't even know. I was going to say, like, I'm trying to come up with justification for these episodes or uh, these events. NFL flag football pro bowl and games. NHL three on three, four, four team all-star bracket and skills contest nba skills contest three-point contest dunk contest and then the all-star game and then with baseball it's the home run derby and it's the all-star game unless you are like such a diehard sport of one of diehard fan rather unless you're a diehard fan of football or basketball or hockey and you have nothing better to do and you are so dialed in that you want to watch the all-star festivities for those that are not necessarily all the way in on those sports. The desire to watch the pro bowl or the pro bowl skills showdown or the NHL skills showdown or the three on three all-star games that they've implemented or even the three point contest or the dunk contest or the all-star game. The desire is not there anymore. These leagues have to start incentivizing or learning or creating a situation that makes it more desirable for these people to watch. Otherwise moving forward, if these other leagues can't take a page out of the MLB playbook and put on events that are as desirable to watch and as electric as the home run derby and the all-star game itself, until the other leagues can find a way to duplicate the desire, the watchableness, I don't even know how to describe it. Unless the MLB, no, unless the NBA, and I'm trying to think if there's other all-star festivities and other things that are going on that or in other professional sports leagues that might be worth watching, but I just can't think of anything. So unless the NBA, NFL, and NHL can find a way to duplicate the excitement and desire to watch that the MLB has for their all-star festivities with the home run derby and the all-star game, which are both the only two watchable all-star events in any of the four pro major sports. Unless they can find a way, unless the NBA, NFL, NHL can find a way to duplicate the excitement and watchability of the MLB All-Star festivities with the Home Run Derby and All-Star Game, which are the only two All-Star events that are even worth spending your time watching of the four major pro sports in America. Unless they can find a way to duplicate that, here's what we need to do. Moving forward, let's name the All-Stars. Let's name the all defensive teams and season long awards. Half of the all-star festivities in the NBA are a popularity contest. Anyways, in the NFL, we name certain guys to the pro bowl, to all these season long teams, right? All-star teams in the NFL. Half the quarterbacks don't want to come, aren't going, are already playing in the Super Bowl the following week, 
So we end up with a situation where we've got Geno Smith and Gardner Minshew playing in the Pro Bowl. Uh-oh, those guys aren't Pro Bowlers. And we get to a point in the NBA where these guys don't want to be there. And I know this isn't baseball specific because we are a We Know Baseball show, right? But overall, the point stands, okay? The only watchable all-star festivities remaining in 2024 out of the four major pro sports in America are the MLB ones, the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. The other three sports of the major pro sports in America, the All-Star festivities are literally unwatchable. Unwatchable. And that's through a combination of different things that have unfolded over the last 15, 20 years and still hold strong and true in the MLB, which is those guys in the MLB All-Star Game and in the Home Run Derby are incentivized to be there, want to be there, take pride in being there, and give it close to a maximum effort when they participate. I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because baseball in general is a sport in a one-game situation isn't necessarily as physically taxing, of course, as a football game or a hockey game or even a basketball game to a degree. But even the old footage of the NBA All-Star Games with some of the stars of stars of stars participating, playing defense, heading into the fourth quarter, and the score is like 110 to 107. You're like, wow, this is a good, regular NBA basketball game. It just happens to be a bunch of stars trying really hard against a bunch of other stars. And in the NFL, it's hard because there is no incentive for those guys to be there. There's no reason for them to take pride in being in the Pro Bowl. It used to be a little bit, like a tiny, tiny bit. But it was like after the season. And of course, these guys aren't going to hit each other by any means. They're not going to do anything that crazy. They're not going to jeopardize or, you know, put themselves at risk at all, which is understandable. So then the NFL tries to incentivize it or make it easier for these guys to show off their athleticism by doing the flag football stuff and the skills competition. Again, not a huge motivating factor for these guys to go out and give it everything they've got or for people to watch. I don't really want to watch a bunch of guys play flag football. I don't think a lot of people want to watch guys play flag football. Not to mention, most of the incredibly talented quarterbacks and players find themselves either not participating in the Pro Bowl stuff in the NFL or they're in the Super Bowl the next week. So they're not there. And then we end up with the Pro Bowl where we've got Gardner Minshew and Geno Smith. No disrespect, but let's be honest. The Pro Bowl used to mean something a little bit more. Pro Bowl selection was like an accolade that you would list off and be like, these guys, are, this guy's a Pro Bowler. Gardner Minshew, come on. That's... That means nothing now. At the moment Gardner Minshew gets named to the Pro Bowl, the validity of the Pro Bowl just loses everything. So instead, let's go ahead and bang the Pro Bowl, and let's just name these guys to it, to the all-NFL team, to the Pro Bowl team, to whatever. Let's do that. Let's go ahead and bang it. Let's save everybody time and money. Make sure these guys stay healthy and get to a point where we don't need to do it. But the NFL 
is they can't keep up. <laughs> the NHL, I'm sorry, it's just... Here's the bottom line. The MLB guys that get named to the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby, to this day, still continue to take pride in it, still give close to a maximum effort. The pitchers and the nature of baseball itself is a sport where you can go to these games, you can have bullpen guys and starting pitchers come out, works into their throwing schedule or it works with their regimen anyways. So the bullpen guys are going to come out, throw 100 miles an hour. The hitters can just stand in the box and take an at-bat, give it a good old college try, max effort, and if it don't happen, it don't happen. You won't see a ton of guys in the All-Star game like laying out, I guess. But in the Hornet Derby, again, it's not a detrimental event to participate in potentially if you do so as a player you hit a bunch of homers you put on a really good show it's fun for the people to watch and those are the only two events of any all-star festivities of the four major pro sports that anybody should watch anymore the other ones are a complete waste of time and a joke and that's because a the mlb still has that factor that the other leagues don't which is these guys are giving close to max effort but on the other side these other all-Star festivities and events, NBA All-Star Game, NFL Pro Bowl, now flag football, and I don't know as much about the NHL, but I know for a fact in those other three major pro sports, football, basketball, and hockey, with basketball and hockey specifically having the All-Star event and festivities smack in the middle of the season, those guys would just rather have a week off to let their body rest to get their legs back underneath them, to get a breath of fresh air, to go on a quick little three or four day vacation with a family, then to go halfway across the country or all the way across the country in a lot of cases for some guys and play a pickup basketball game. It's a waste of time for these guys. They don't care anymore. They don't take a ton of pride in it anymore. They take pride in getting named to the all-star team, but with the fan voting integration, a lot of other factors, it's kind of already become a popularity contest. But these guys do want to be named to the all-star team. It's an accolade. It's a negotiation piece that they can use in contract situations. But as far as playing and participating in the game itself, there's no incentive for these guys anymore. Same with the Pro Bowl, and I'm assuming similarly to the NHL. In fact, I saw a video of a guy, I think he was on the Seattle Kraken, hidden camera situation where the coach calls him into the office and names him as an all-star and says, congrats, man, you made the all-star team. You're heading to Toronto. And he could not have seen less excited because realistically, he wants a week off. He wants to go on a trip with the family. He said he had a trip planned with the family already. And so these guys, it's like, uh, it's not really quite enough. With the MLB, the all-star break is only, I think, five days, pretty much. Four and a half days. It's like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's not enough time to like go on a big trip. It's not enough time to do a whole lot. And for baseball guys, they've got a ton of days off worked into their schedule combined with the fact that baseball and a one game situation is not necessarily the most taxing thing of all time. So moral of the story, MLB deserves credit for how They've created the all-star festivities and situation and maintained its watchability throughout the years. These other three major pro sports in the United States, NFL, NBA, and hockey, 
my proposal would be name these guys to the all-star situation maybe have like a banquet like a one night deal invite them announce it let these guys all get together and hang out still have the prowess of like oh you're only invited if you're an all-star so there's still some incentive for these guys obviously to be named all-stars as an accolade but don't force them to just go through the motions of playing a game or skills contest when these guys clearly just don't want to be there anymore they used to they used to take pride in it they used to want to be there but a lot of guys now just want to win championships and they want to play well in the regular season in the games that actually mean something doesn't mean anything to be named an all-star mvp in the nba you're going to take that into your contract negotiations and be like well, I was a all-star game MVP. GM would be like, did you actually just bring that up? Or are you pranking me? Because there's no way. Nobody cares. Oh, you were an all-star? Okay, that holds weight. But winning the dunk contest means nothing. Not to mention, by the way, we pretty much reached limitations in terms of human achievement when it comes to the NBA dunk contest. Everyone agrees 2016 was the last time the dunk contest was like must-watch TV. After that, it's just impossible to duplicate. You can't jump any higher than what we do. But in baseball, you know these guys are going to come out every single year. Pitchers are going to be throwing 100 miles an hour. The best hitters are going to be facing off against the best pitchers. It's a great matchup. It's mono-e-mono. It's got that incentivized watchability combined with the home run derby the day before where these guys are smashing balls all over the yard. Incredible feats of human achievement. And it's the only all-star facilities that anybody can and should watch moving forward. The, re- the other three leagues, let's go ahead and find a way to just bang the all-star games. Name the all-stars, have a banquet, have a dinner, have something. But these guys would rather have a few more days off and the accolade than the actual process of the games, the skills contests, and everything else. I promise. So hats off to MLB. Good job keeping that burning desire and passion alive when it comes to their own all-star festivities. That's awesome. It is. It's really cool. I like it. Speaking of passion and desire, right? We heard the clip at the beginning of the show. We heard the clip. Angels third baseman, Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon makes $35 million a year, and he hates baseball. How could that possibly be the case? I'll tell you. It's an easy answer. The answer is Anthony Rendon and many other guys, according to many people, have this approach where baseball and playing baseball is a job. And that comes from a ton of different contributing factors. Could have been a coach that kind of tarnished your passion and desire to play the game. Could have been yourself. Could have been the weight that gets carried and bogs you down when it comes time for contract negotiation or travel or a lot of different things that, don't get me wrong, are maybe more difficult than some other regular cushy type of office jobs traveling a lot, on the road for 100 days a year. Physically exerting energy, I guess, right? 
all that stuff, sure, could definitely impact your burning passion to play baseball. But what else needs to be a factor for Anthony Rendon and a lot of these other guys is the compensation level and just a little bit of perspective, a little bit of feel, just a little bit. Because you can sit back and say, man, we travel a lot and it's a lot of pressure and all these people watching us and yelling at us and the, your, your privacy kind of goes down a little bit, especially when you're out on the road. It's kind of tough sometimes. Yeah, that's all true, but man, we get compensated pretty fairly. I make $30 million a year. And not to mention, my job is to play a sport. And it's not rookie contract guys who are out there grinding their tails off, getting unfair treatment, not getting the look that they probably deserve to some degree. It's a guy like Anthony Rendon dropping quotes over the span of the last couple of years that he wouldn't wish his lifestyle on anybody. That playing baseball is not a top priority. Yeah, you know what? Faith and family coming first from Anthony Rendon. That makes sense. Most people would agree. That's pretty legitimate. But to come off the way he does, so pompous and arrogant and just lacking any perspective, man. Not to mention, it's a free country. Anthony Rendon, if you just hate baseball that much, stop playing. But what's not going to work, brother, is every and any time somebody asks you about baseball and how you feel about it, and you give off nothing but hate, hate, bored, don't like it, not my favorite thing. And just this just icky kind of, oh, uh, God. It's like he's playing a victim mentality and making $30 million a year to play baseball. I mean, to me, it, it's so hard to feel even one ounce of compassion. I mean, it's one thing to not absolutely love everything you do all the time, especially when it comes to employment. Understandable. But it's also another thing to not just have any perspective on anything ever. Anthony Rodone saying, I wouldn't wish this life upon anybody as a professional baseball player making 30 million a year and saying, no, it's not my top priority. Faith and family coming first. Okay, you know what? That's reasonable. That makes sense. Most people would agree with that sentiment. But then going further, it's saying, I don't want to be here all the time. I don't want to be answering the media's questions. I don't want to. Okay. But you could also be scrubbing toilets, Anthony. Making minimum wage. And your life is to play baseball and get paid $35 million a year, fully guaranteed. That money is coming in whether he plays another game the rest of this season or not. 
And then when people question his desire to be there, his work ethic, people start to ask questions of, is he actually trying to fully rehab and get back on the field to contribute and do his job? He has the audacity to give negative energy back to these people to give. He has the audacity to give these reporters attitude in his answers, further reassuring what everybody's asking him about, which is he hates being there. He's not giving it everything he's got. And it's pretty simple solution. If you ask me, sounds like Anthony Radon doesn't want to be there. So how about this, Anthony? How about you walk in the front office and say, you know what? I don't want to play baseball anymore. I don't like playing baseball. It's not my favorite thing. It's not a top priority. I have been on record multiple times saying the season should be shorter. Games should be shorter. I wouldn't wish this life upon anybody. So I don't want to be here anymore. You know what? Let's just void my contract and give a bunch of other guys that would literally do anything to be in my situation an opportunity to do so. And I'll take a step back. I don't want the money. I don't want the fame. I don't want to be here anymore. But you know why he's not doing that? Because he's getting paid. So instead of having literally any perspective or feel or anything in the situation and recognizing, wow, my life could be so much worse. And there are millions and millions and millions of people that would do anything to be in the situation I'm in right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out publicly over and over and over again and complain about the lifestyle and the situation that I have created for myself, have chose for myself. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to, you know, make an adjustment in my own approach or attitude or separate myself from the situation that I always complain about. What I'm going to do is just keep complaining, keep having a terrible attitude, keep giving 50% effort in everything I do in terms of my employment. And it's going to continue to be a storyline. It's going to continue to impact tons of different people, not just myself, right? Another part of it he has no perspective on. How bad does this make the organization look that gave him the contract? The owner, the general manager, his teammates. Dude, if I was his teammate, I would go to the front office for the Angels and be like, all right, we got to do something about this, man. I'm making 800K a year, living pretty comfortably, but I want to make 35 million a year because I promise I'd give more effort than this dude over here. It's so disheartening. It's so off-putting. And anybody defending Anthony Rendon, you know, a lot of former players have come to his defense and talked about how he's not alone in the way he feels about the game of baseball. Okay, that's fine. How come Anthony Rendon's the only one I've ever heard openly, repeatedly talk about how much he hates baseball and just blatantly disregard and have zero perspective on it publicly over and over and over again? Some other guys, maybe they don't love baseball. Maybe they have the same exact mindset as Anthony Rendon, but you know what they're not doing? What Anthony Rendon is doing, which is just being such a blatant and obnoxious disregarding lack of perspective type of player that's so off-putting for everybody, everybody. Imagine you were an investment baker. 
you were a stockbroker, you were somebody really dialed into Fortune 500 companies, and you had a bunch of money to invest, and you decided, you know what, I'm going to put all of my money into Google as a company, or Apple, or one of the most prominent companies, organizations, publicly available, publicly traded, known about. And as you do that, you kind of become, let's just say, for argument's sake, a fan of Google because you want them to do well. You have a vesting interest in how Google performs as a company. And then, two days into the new fiscal year, A really high-ranking employee or even an executive at Google comes out during a public interview and goes, yeah, Google and my job, it is not a top priority. I think I should do less work. I don't enjoy working for Google. I don't like the tech industry. You would just have red flags and sirens going off all over the place. Pull my money out. I don't want, I don't want my money riding on this guy. He hates it. He hates doing what he does. That's not a good sign for Google. That's not a good sign for my investment. And on top of that, Google or whatever company that guy represented would come out and go, this guy does not represent our company. We've dealt with this situation swiftly. In fact, we're no longer going to be associated with Mr. So-and-so because he clearly hates what he does and it's not good for the company. It's not good for us from a public-facing perspective. And we don't want that type of person or energy consistently affecting how our company performs. So that would happen in the real world and in real life, right? That would happen with any other job ever that's ever existed anytime ever. Oh, but when it's Anthony Rendon, and he's a third baseman on the Los Angeles Angels, and he does all those exact same things, and he's open and blatant and honest about how he doesn't really like baseball, he doesn't watch it in his free time, he thinks the game should be shorter, he thinks the season should be shorter, it's not even close to a top priority for him, he hates answering questions, he hates going through the motions of the baseball season. Nothing happens, it's fine, and he's getting $35 million a year. And just will continue to do it. And now it's a distraction, now it's a storyline. Now the organization looks terrible. The GM looks terrible. The owner looks terrible. His other teammates that stayed loyal and consistent, <clears throat> Mike Trout, they look terrible. And it's just such a selfish and off-putting move and situation from Anthony Rendon. And you know what? He just doesn't really seem to care that much. And he's putting on a masterclass display of how and what to do to become unlikable as quickly as possible. Guy's nailing it right on the head. Well, let me guess if I asked him, I don't care. I don't, I don't. Okay, we get it, Anthony. We get it. We get it. You could care less about anybody or anything else but yourself. Got it. Okay. Understood, man. And maybe, you know what? Maybe Anthony Rendon is the coolest, nicest, most amazing guy of all time with the biggest heart and all these things. Maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know him personally. I'm not going to judge his character. I'm not going to say he's a bad guy, but very clearly and very apparently he lacks perspective and 
he isn't able to really look past his own comments to realize what his comments and his actions are doing and affecting with the people around him. And that's really disheartening. It's really off-putting. And it's not a good look. It's not. It's not a good look, man. Sucks for a lot of people. Last thing to talk about, and, and on the topic of sucking for a lot of people, MLB new season, new season, new jerseys, not the state, not New Jersey, the state, new apparel and jersey with the logo and number and name. New, brand new for Major League Baseball this year. New performance. Vapor, Premier, Elite. <laughs> new gear, new wearable jerseys for Major League Baseball in 2024. A couple years back, they switched their jersey provider from Majestic to Nike. In doing so, they swapped the jersey that had no logo besides the team and the MLB to Nike, which was basically the exact same jersey, just slapped the Nike logo on the jersey. Most of the feedback on that, most of the opinions were, okay, well, we're changing the Nike. How different does the jersey feel? Oh, it's the exact same jersey. Just slapped with a little Nike logo on the right peck. Okay, well, not a big deal. Some of the more iconic jerseys, Yankee jersey, Red Sox jersey, Dodger jersey, a little bit of pushback from those types of people because they were like, all we've known with Nike, or I mean, all we've known with Yankee jerseys over the last 100 years is not a Nike logo, and now the Nike logo is on there. Then, as a branch of Nike, Fanatics this year was tasked with taking over the jersey production from Nike, but also in collaboration with Nike because they're a branch of Nike. Nike bought Fanatics. So Fanatics is making the jerseys, but they're still Nike brand, so they're still going to have the Nike logo on the jersey, but it's entirely different production and material and process when it comes to creating these jerseys. And because of that, the jerseys look different. The material is different. And the players noticed right away, right away, they showed up to spring training. And a lot of guys were like, what is going on? What are these new jerseys? Why are they a different fabric? Why do they feel cheaper? Why are the names and logos and numbers not stitched to the jersey material anymore? They are now heat pressed to the jerseys. Why is this happening? We didn't ask for this. These seem cheaper. They seem lower quality. They seem lower performance. And then the commissioner was asked about it. 
because it was a big storyline. First storyline of the new year as players showed up for spring training was New Jersey's stink. Commissioner Manfred's asked about it, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of pushback's going to happen when you got a sport like baseball. And any new initiative in baseball is going to be received with a little bit of criticism. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just... It's a circus, bro. The MLB is a circus. Rob Manfred is the ringleader in the circus. And all the investors in the circus that runs around the country putting on a show for everybody, those investors are the owners. And then the performers that get paid nothing compared to what the investors and the ringleader does, those guys have no say in the product that they're participating in. Because if they did have a say, they'd come back and say, hey, ringleader, we don't like these new uniforms we have to wear on every show. We don't like the rules of the games we play. But that's not the case, is it? These participants in the ringleader's show decided to form a union smartly to represent themselves to make sure that they at least felt like they were getting compensated and treated fairly with their benefits and their wages. And in doing so, in that negotiation process, the ringleader and the investors decided, well, we're going to pretend and argue about a bunch of different semantics and compensation structures. And in the meantime, once we get those agreed to and we send them our last and final proposal, we're going to start to delay the schedule and we're going to threaten to remove some of the wages and compensation that are typically and normally agreed upon because we're going to blame them for not coming to the agreement. And then when we finally send them their last and final, we start to make some compromises and agree to some of the stuff they wanted in terms of compensation. We're going to throw in a bunch of different stuff like creating new rules to make the show more appealing so that we can make more money. And then you know what? A couple years later, we're going to sign a new agreement for a provider of some of the gear you guys use, not really ask you about it, slip that into the collective bargaining agreement that we, we agreed to, and you guys won't have any say for. And next thing you know, the product that the spectators pay money to go see starts to trend downward. The product value. However, the revenue for the ringleader and the investors through the roof. He's doing a great job. But ultimately, the ringleader doesn't care about the product. He cares about those profits. That's it. And that's where we are with Major League Baseball. That's the situation we found ourselves in. You know what? The pitch clock, the new rules, maybe there's a little bit of merit to that in general. Right? Because let's be honest, an August or September game between the Colorado Rockies and the Pittsburgh Pirates doesn't need to be four hours and 30 minutes. Totally understandable. So instead of, hey, let's just do a universal 23-second pitch clock between pitches. And if you can't do it before that, ball or strike, right? Whatever the case may be. Nope. It is... 15 seconds between pitches with no one on 18 seconds with a guy on 
paces at any point. You can only pick off two times. Can't do this. Mount visits limited. Da -da 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 -da. Faster, 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 faster. Drastically changing what the game was to what it has become. And then additionally changing the uniforms. Overall, this jersey situation is just another microcosm of Major League Baseball and what and how the commissioner and the owners treat the game versus how the fans and players see the game. The fans and the players see the game as a level of competition. They see value in the man-on-man, -man, pitcher versus batter, but also nine players, the strategy, the pitch situations. What's he going to throw? What's the matchup? Who's coming out of the bullpen? What's the strategy in this situation? And ultimately, the best will prevail when push comes to shove because they're not impacted by how quickly they need to get in the box or how fast they need to throw this pitch or how many times they can pick off. It's about strategy, maximizing skill sets, using guys in specific areas, strategy, strategy. That's how the fans and players see the game, how the owner and the, how the, how the commissioner and the 30 MLB owners see the game is just a, Slot machine with spinning dollar signs. How big can we get this jackpot to go? How much money can we crank out of this machine? Money is very important. It is pretty much the end all be all when it comes to living a comfortable life. And if you don't think that's the case, then you're living under a rock. But there's also a way to turn over astronomical profit margins while also providing and putting out a legitimate, dependable, reliable product to the public when you are a business owner or a high-ranking executive. And it's the last thing I'll say here as we wrap up episode 45. What has happened to Major League Baseball over the last half decade is a direct representation and microcosm of what has happened to basic consumerism in the United States in the exact same time frame in the exact same window. I remember I used to go to Chipotle 2017, 2018. I used to pay $9 and get a monster burrito bowl monster i couldn't even finish it it was so big go there today it's 12 dollars, and it's been publicly acknowledged by employees that there's been initiatives from higher ranking executives and officials to maximize profit cut down on how much the customers are actually getting for their value while prices have been increased and subsequently has turned people off to it and provided people with the perspective of trying to find alternatives because it doesn't seem reliable or consistent to go to Chipotle anymore. And it's not the same as it used to be. That's the bottom line that people have pulled out of that. And with baseball, 2015, 2016, 2017, there used to be this, there used to be this magic sort of feeling, right? If you're a diehard baseball fan like I am, you used to feel that kind of energy. 
used to feel like I'm going to turn into this tune into this game. It's going to be some strategy involved. We've got some pitching changes. We're going to get the best on the best. We're going to get the guys that are good controlling the flow of the game. And they're going to be wearing some dope gear because these guys are pros. And now I think going into 2024, baseball for me feels like a cheaper, less valuable version of what it was five years ago. That's just my opinion. And it really hurts me to say that. And I hope that that doesn't continue. And maybe there's something that can happen. Maybe I'm being dramatic. But the pitch clock being added, along with all these other rules that have just really changed the strategy of the game to a degree. I know it's still baseball, but it's changed it to a degree, just like Chipotle burrito bowls, where it's still the same bowl, still got the same ingredients, but it's just not quite the same as it used to be. It's not the same quality. Not to mention, baseball's now got pitch clock and basically little league high school quality jerseys that they're rolling out on the players for the upcoming season. It feels like a cheaper, less valuable version of what baseball was not even five years ago. And it's the same exact representation and trend and pattern that consumerism has found with a commonly used term of kind of shrinkflation, right? Same thing with Chipotle, same thing with a bag of chips you buy at the store, same thing with a lot of stuff where the cost of the bag of chips, the cost of the burrito bowl, the cost of watching and going to a major league baseball game has all gone up. And the value and the quantity has all gone down. The bag of chips doesn't have as many chips in it anymore. Your burrito bowl at Chipotle doesn't have as much food in it. And the game of baseball is now quicker. The games are 30 minutes shorter. The jerseys are lower quality. And half of the best free agents available in the free agency class as of game one of spring training remain unsigned because the owners are doing what the rest of American consumerism doing. They're cutting costs, cheapifying as much as they possibly can. And ultimately, I think it may lead to some more drastic swings the other way I'm hopeful for, or potentially and unfortunately, the decline, which I don't want to see, but I think is the ultimate outcome in a situation where the commissioner and the owners have just clearly and apparently come together to try to change the game as much as possible to make it appealing for the TV and cutting costs as much as possible. And I think it is lame and I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's lame. I think it's really unfortunate. And I hope it doesn't continue. And maybe I hope, maybe I'm being soft. Maybe I'm being soft. I probably am being soft. But I think there's some merit to what I'm having to say. And I think a, a lot of people share this same sentiment. I'm still going to watch baseball because I'm a sucker. I'm still going to watch it because I love it. I've always loved it. I played it. I grew up with it. I'm still going to tune in. I am a sucker. And that's the problem. The problem is they know that. But they built such a giant to begin with that we don't have any alternatives. They have a lot. They have a monopoly on baseball.
and it's unfortunate, but I'm hoping there could be some improvements around the league with these rules, some modifications to the rules at least. Go back to the old jerseys. Do something that at least shows me you care about what the players think and you care about their opinion. Because everything that's been implemented so far in the last five years in Major League Baseball has been much to the chagrin of the players themselves. And that's not a good sign. So that's where we stand. We'll talk about some predictions. We'll talk about some player awards. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Got a lot of that off my chest. Maybe it's going to make me feel a little bit better. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I'm not an expert. I'm a baby. I'm just some random guy on the We Know Baseball podcast. Random guy named Ryan, by the way, at Ryan Knows Ball on Twitter, at We Know Ball Sports on Instagram and TikTok. Podcasts are Apple Podcasts and Spotify, both We Know Baseball, the show, and We Know Ball. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Let's make it sure we know ball, right? That's Yeah, that's what it is. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed episode 45. I certainly appreciated ranting to you guys and venting. February 23rd, 2024. We'll roll it out, see what happens. Let's keep everybody healthy. Let's do what we got to do. Appreciate you guys tuning in if you made it all the way to the end, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace! Yeah.